You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, Packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, Pack underscore Daddy. So um, for those that aren't on the social medias, I mentioned on Twitter and in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, been telling you to get in there, man. I mentioned that today was going to be a little bit of a late one. I woke up today and we were completely buried in snow, and I thought, you know what? I just, I don't have time to do the podcast and shovel. This is going to take all day, but got a little bit of time left, so I went ahead and uh, got my mock draft video out. Pack Daddy NFL is my YouTube channel. The um, video is a little bit dated. <laughs> the, uh, the mock was done about two weeks ago, so I, you know, I have the Packers picking at 32 or whatever. But for the most part, it's still pretty up to date. The only thing that was really embarrassing as I listened to it again was. Um, the fact that I really railed against Montez Sweat and said he's garbage and I don't like him and I don't understand. And it's like, no, I've been saying he's good. Don't do this. But I haven't got destroyed for that quite yet in the comments. People are just mad because I didn't have Josh Allen go in the top five, but uh, whatever. They'll get over it. It's, it's, I guess it's a good thing that people get that invested. I mean, they legitimately act like I am the GM and I made the pick for them because they just lose their minds. How dare you make that selection? It's like, dude, I I mean, this isn't the real draft. Like, you get that, right? Like, I'm I'm just kind of messing around. I All right. I mean, if you want to be that mad about it, that's that's fine, I guess. But anyways, I did that, so I, I apologize for getting it out. It's going to be a little bit of a grind. It's literally going to be, I do this podcast, uh, pretty much go right to bed, wake up in the frigid 25 below weather that we're supposed to be getting tomorrow and do the podcast again. I do live indoors, uh, being a little bit dramatic, saying it's going to be negative 25 when I wake up. Shouldn't be quite that cold, but um, anyways. What I want to do today, um, I know I mentioned I wanted to do a little bit more of a deep dive into Aaron Rodgers' stats. I just, I'm just not feeling it, man. I don't know. I'm just, I keep thinking I should do some more dives into that stuff and recap. I just, I'm not there. I mean, I'm in let's move forward mode. I don't know about you, but I don't know. I just I'm not really into looking well <laughs> technically we are looking back but it's it's for the sake of looking into the future today but uh sometimes just not in the mood but what I want to do is start a little series and it's not going to be you know just every single day hopefully some more news or topics or something comes up to talk about but a little bit of a series that I want to do and we're going to be doing this several times because things change between now after free agency after the draft and then up to whenever but although we don't have our official schedule yet, we do know who our opponents are. And, um, the, you know, the fact of the matter is our ability to get into the playoffs is really based on two things. One, there's the Packers. And then two is the people the Packers have to go up against because there's two teams and only one of them is going to win. And part of that equation is how good or bad are the Packers. And part of that equation is how good or bad are the other teams. So if we're going to literally do... 365 days of podcast, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to spend a little bit of our off-season time talking about the off-season of these teams. And this is a good way to get an overview of the guys we're going up against next year, um, well, this year, next season, so that 
you know, because again, we're going to be hitting this again. So we're, this is going to be a in-depth overview so that you know the team from top to bottom, at least I feel like better than you had before, hopefully. Then when we get to free agency, we're going to kind of be plugging along. So the goal is not only are you going to be one of the more informed Packers people because you and I are doing this every day together and we're literally learning this every day and tracking it and knowing all this stuff, but we're going to know our opponents inside out. So when it comes time, eh, we're, we're just going to be smarter than everybody and that's, let's face it, that's what we all want. There's going to be like the Packernet crew that's like, dude, you guys don't know anything. And we can like brag and stuff. It's going to be awesome. Like winning arguments with with people. I mean, that, that's what life's about, isn't it? Like you just make people feel bad about themselves. Like I know more than you, so that's our goal. That that's my goal is to make you that person, arrogant, know it all, and then point it at me and say he's the reason I am this way, and your spouse will know who to hate. So there you go. Now you know my uh, my life mission. But no, we we're, we're gonna do that and then we're going to kind of pay attention in free agency as that flurry goes on we're not only going to keep paying attention to the packers but similar to a lot of other things kind of like you know when we were paying attention to our draft order we're watching other teams kind of watching you know who got lost and who kind of got picked up and these kinds of things because it's like oh so and so went to this team oh shoot we got to play that team on the road and then do a general overview and then you know again with the draft just kind of just 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 peeking over the fence at the enemy over there so we're going we're gonna to be prepared when the season starts. We're going to know everything and anything that there is to know. We should have fleshed it out over the course of this really long, really long offseason. But anyways, because I just kind of picked something randomly, I, I don't know if I'm going to do Bears. I mean, at, you know, Bears, Vikings, Lions. I'll probably skip it for the intro because we've talked kind of relatively extensively. Maybe touch a little. Maybe I'll just do like one episode for the three of them just to make sure we're on, you know, all caught up. But then when we get into free agency, we'll do everybody. But um, anyways, I just, today we're starting with the Panthers because we have to play the Panthers, and it was just first on the list. Before we get there, however, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, support the podcast, which is what I just said. There's also Venmo and PayPal if you want to go that route. Big shout out to TK. Uh, hitting me up for the uh, 300th episode donation. I really do appreciate that. He actually said that it was his first episode listening to the 300th episode, so that's that's pretty awesome. But I appreciate it, and it's, it's really good to hear that uh, people are still discovering the show. I should probably... You know what? That's what you can do. Let me know how you found the show, because I really don't know, and I would like to know. Did somebody tell you? Social media? Did you just search... Packers podcast on Google? Did you search in iTunes, whatever? How far did you have to scroll? How did you... you know, just let me know, please. I don't know why I've never asked this before, but uh, I do need to do a better job of trying to grow the show because I've, from, from my experience, it's not the biggest show out there, but for the most part, when people find out about it, they're relatively satisfied with the product. So if you could let me know any which way, uh, that would be appreciated. Anyways, Facebook group, that's one way you can get a hold of me. Facebook group, I got it in front of me now so I can tell you. Forward slash groups, forward slash Packernet Pod. P-A-C-K-E-R-N-E-T-P-O-D, Packernet Pod. Or just type in Packernet Podcast, you will find it. Or, there's always Facebook.com forward slash Packernet, which is the Packernet Facebook page. Not a huge amount going on there, but it's a thing. It exists. If you want to hang out there, I would encourage that. 
Uh, the NFL Draft website, NFLBigBoard.com. I'm really, I wanted to do an update so bad today, even though now it's gotten so complex it takes several days, so maybe I should start. But I really want the next update to be boards post-Senior Bowl, and that's going to take a while for guys to get those out, so I'm, I'm going to wait. Otherwise, if you'd like to call or text a question, and this is the only time I'll allow calls or texts that are not question or ranty related, if you want to let me know, how you found out you don't want social media or any of these other things, feel free to call or text and let me know how you found out about the show, heard the show, found the show, whatever. 608-501-0718. Any other information that you can give? Because I've heard little things like, when I first heard you, I thought you were trash, but I hung in there. It's not bad. It's an acquired taste. Whatever. It's actually kind of what people think of me in general. (laughs) Some of my best friends hated me when we met. Actually, my best best friend... um, we were we were enemies in elementary school. Hated each other. Don't know why. Just one of those things. You just glare at people like, dude, what are you why? What are you looking at? I had a messy desk and he didn't like me and he glared at me, so I glared back at him. I don't know, but we're best friends now. If this is your first episode, stick it out. It only gets better from here. Anyways, that's enough ranting. I I keep saying I gotta stop doing PM podcasts because my brain is just going all different directions. I'm not super focused. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to structure this so that we can end up going position by position. And I think, eh. well, first of all, let's start with this. We play the Carolina Panthers at home. We do know that much. And I don't want to go too much into, you know, their stats or their rankings overall. First of all, because I'm just, I'm tired of that routine. Second of all, looking at last year as an indication of next year in terms of, you know, stats and all those things isn't really all that great. I want to try to look at the individual players and then try to decide, looking at their salary cap and their draft potential and all these different things, what, where they are, who they are, what's their trajectory, what is their potential, can they grow to the extent that other teams can grow, can they improve, can, you know, what, what is the situation? I guess I'll just start talking and you'll figure out what it is my, my plan is, and it's probably going to be different than I'm thinking right now anyways, because that's how these things work. I think the first thing I want to do is kind of look at their overall salary cap. Because as we go along, I kind of want to understand, first of all, what is their cap situation? What is their draft situation? What is, you know, their free agents and things like that? Because it'll help us as we go through the roster to look at it to, rather than look at it, try to make an opinion based on their players and then later look at it and go, oh, he's probably not on the team anyways. So first thing right off the bat, as of right now, uh, without signing any free agents that are free agents, and there's a lot of them, they're sitting at $19 million in cap space. That's not a good situation to be in especially when you have a lot of of cap space. And again, typically we're talking about in and around $10 million to sign your draft picks. Now the Panthers specifically, because of their situation with uh, maybe not having quite as many picks or whatever, it's about 6.8 is projected how much they're going to have to spend on their draft picks. So whatever, they they got $12, $13 million. Now the bottom line is that's not enough money. They got to move money around. They got to cut people, whatever. So that's, that's our starting point. So, you know, when we look at next year, because there's always teams changing. Some teams get better, some teams get worse, and a lot of times we don't really know why these things are happening. This isn't a good situation to be in, especially with the Carolina Panthers, who seem to be on a sort of downward trajectory. Similar to the Seahawks, maybe not quite as good. Hilariously, they were actually competing uh, on a very similar level about who's going to get into the playoffs. But, you know, a team that has some good strengths, they've got a great history, especially with their defense. But it just feels like there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of things just they they aren't quite what they used to be. And then you look at the cap space. 
you look at the the draft potential and it's like i just don't know man so just quickly to run through some of these uh free agents coming up just this year they have four running backs that are free agents Kenyon barner cameron artis Payne, tavares cadet and Fozzie whitaker now we'll, we'll kind of come back through this to decide how many they keep and how many they don't and how good are these guys and the financials and all that stuff but i just kind of want to run through it so you can see maybe some of the tough decisions they have to make and again keep in the back of your mind 19 million dollars currently subtract out six to seven million for your draft picks we're talking 12 13 million dollars and then these are the guys you have to make decisions on now those guys aren't super great we already know that but that leaves them with not a lot of options christian mccaffrey's a stud but he's kind of it reggie banifon and elijah hood uh, <laughs> if you're doing mock drafts man Keep in the back of your mind, these guys might need another some running back depth, maybe later rounds, whatever. Anyways, moving on to offensive line, Marshall Newhouse, left tackle. Um, Amini Silatolu, free agent. Ryan Khalil, center. Now, eh, I might be mis- mixing him up with somebody else. He might be retiring. I might need to look. I'll find, I'll Google it. Yeah, right. Panthers, Ryan Khalil will retire after 2018. So he's out the door. So that hurts. Again, we'll get to how bad in a little bit. And then you got right tackle Chris Clark and Daryl Williams. Neither of these guys, I believe, are starting right tackles. However, we'll have to look at Taylor Moten and his situation, but it does not leave them with a lot of options. Again, you got two left tackles up for free agency. You got Matt Khalil, the left tackle, um, who is the starting left tackle, but he ended the season on IR. So he's your one remaining tackle, depending on how many we resign. Our center's gone. And now we've got Taylor Moten and basically nobody at right tackle. And again, we could talk about, well, they'll, they'll resign him. Okay, that's fine, but this stuff adds up. Like, oh, it's not going to be Christian McCaffrey because they'll resign Cameron Artis Bain and Tavares Cadet. Okay, what about tackle? Oh, it's fine. They'll, they'll, they'll resign Marshall Newhouse and they'll resign uh, Daryl Williams and it'll be fine. Okay, well, it's adding up a little bit. Looking at wide receiver, Devin Funchess is a free agent. Uh, looking at uh, their edge rushers, Julius Peppers and Wes Horton. Julius Peppers, I have to think, is not going to be around super much longer. And again, considering the salary cap situation, it's really hard to believe that 55-year-old Julius Peppers, with as, as little production as he's bringing, is going to be on this team, especially a team that just doesn't have money to re-sign guys, especially guys like Julius Peppers. Uh, defensive tackles, we got Kyle Love is up for free agency. Um, their linebackers, Thomas Davis, David Mayo, and Ben Jacobs, all free agents. Safeties, Mike Adams, Eric Reed, Colin Jones. So all in, we're talking about 19 guys. And beyond that, there's more because they're special teams unit. Uh, kicker, Chandler Catanzaro. I believe he was the, wasn't he the Cardinals kicker? Whatever. Again, typically you look at this and you go, that, that's, it's not even worth talking about because you can resign them. Yeah, but we're still talking about like two million bucks for a kicker at, at at a minimum. If this is a veteran guy that you really want to retain, I would assume it without looking at it quite yet that we're talking at least two million bucks. And you know, I don't know. Maybe it will be less, but okay, even if it's one, again, we're only we're only playing with about twelve. You get one for a kicker. You got you know at least five for per tackle. We're already out of money. Beyond that, they're, they're top special teamers based on their, their snap count. They've got five of them listed. Colin Jones, David Mayo, Ben Jacobs, Jermaine Carter, and Alex Arma. Five guys. Three of them 
Colin Jones, David Mayo, Ben Jacobs, free agents. So safety Colin Jones, linebacker David Mayo, linebacker Ben Jacobs. So a lot of tough decisions to be made. You do what you can in the draft to replace some of the lesser talents. You can let some of these guys go. Maybe cut some of your studs and, and see how that goes. I'm not really sure. And I, actually, let's just look at that right now. Let's let's take a look at a couple of guys. And this this is a cool, part of the, the interesting exercise here is we've identified a team that needs more cap space. What do teams that need more cap space have to do? They got to cut players that are currently on contracts. These are the kinds of guys that aren't listed as free agents that aren't being mentioned as possible additions to teams like the Packers that could end up being let go. So right out of the gate, the one that saves the most money that will never be cut is Cam Newton. They would save 14.7. We'll just leave that alone. Uh, Luke Keekley never going to happen. K1 Short, never going to happen. Uh, Matt Khalil, unfortunately, as I said, he's going to be retiring. It looks like, well, you know what? That probably doesn't count if you're retiring. Uh, possibly Mario Addison. It's going to hurt a little bit, and I think you'd rather keep him on your team, especially considering he's playing off the edge, and you're probably going to be losing some guys on the edge. Um, I, I don't really think you want to get rid of Addison, but here's a name that's somebody that I would guess is definitely going bye-bye. Mr. Shaq Thompson, weak side linebacker. So, you know, in addition to being um, probably definitively out the door, and I'll get to why in a minute, if the Packers are looking to add a little depth at linebacker on a relatively cheap contract, although I don't know how cheap, that's going to depend if they're cut and eat the, the money or if they can work out a trade because I don't think anyone's going to want to pay what's remaining on his contract. But Shaq Thompson is decent. His, his rookie and sophomore year, he was pretty solid. 2017 wasn't great. 2018, also not super great, but he ended the season on IR. But still, a, a steady, steady contributor that would, I think, step in immediately and be either a two or three, depending on if we keep Jake Ryan. But as it stands right now, Shaq Thompson, his base salary is $9.232 million. That's a lot of money for a linebacker, especially a mediocre linebacker. Guess how much dead money there is if they cut him? Nada. They don't have to pay. They, they cut him, they save themselves almost $10 million, well, $9.2 million. So, I mean, I, listen, you, you call out a number, I'll put it on the table. Shaq Thompson is gone. So he should be very much available. Captain Munnerlin, probably not so much. They could save $2 bucks by cutting him. But um, I would say they're relatively thin, and it's $3 million in uh, dead cap. So um, of, of a $5 million contract, they got to eat three to save two and lose a player that they need at a position that they need. Another guy to, pay, to uh, maybe keep an eye on for the Packers, Mr. Torrey Smith. Exact same situation as Shaq Thompson. He's uh, $5 million in base salary, zero dead cap. So by getting rid of Shaq Thompson and Torrey Smith, two guys that are, are very mediocre, not worth the money that they're being given, even though $5 million is not very much, I think the Panthers would rather keep that $5 million and use it elsewhere. But And, and listen, I'm not saying I want the Packers to pick up Torrey Smith because he hasn't been any good since 2014. But I'm, I'm just saying, this is another guy that almost definitively will be, I'm not putting any money on this one like I am with Shaq Thompson. But, I mean, he, he's, I don't even know if you can call him mediocre. He's even maybe a little bit below that. But he probably will, although he's under contract, be out on the market as somebody that's a potential. Maybe it's a good fit. I don't know. Six foot 205. He ran a, a sub 4-4 in the 40 back in the day. He's only 30. He's not super old. He's pretty old. I mean, he's older than Randall Cobb. But those are probably two, the two big ones. Shaq Thompson is definitely gone, and I would be willing to bet 
that uh, Tory Smith is probably also out the door. That'll save him a whopping, uh, what, $14.2 million. So after the draft picks, they've got about $27 bucks. The only reason I'm kind of doing it this way is because I want to take a look at their free agents and see who they maybe bring back so that we can finally get to the roster and see what kind of a team we're going to be going up against. Less free agent moves, which I doubt they're going to make very many, and draft picks. And speaking of draft picks, by the way, they are picking currently at pick 16. They have overall, as far as draft capital is concerned, the 17th best draft uh, capital, the, the most amount of capital, which basically just adds up the value of each pick that you have. For the record, the Green Bay Packers have the fourth best of anybody. The Chicago Bears are dead last. The Vikings are very close to last. So a lot to like about this year. But uh, the Panthers have a pick 16, 47, 78, 109, 144, and 175. Basically one through six and no seventh. Just for your own reference. So now I want to start going through the roster a little bit with all that just kind of as a backdrop. In other words, as we're looking at this, it's relatively simple because the team they have is probably the team they're going to keep with the exception of guys that maybe go bye-bye and possibly some of these guys even being gone. And we'll try to address that. I'll try to remember and address it as we go through position by position. But just trying to look at this team and then comparing it to the Green Bay Packers and just seeing what we can try to figure out, man, that's all I'm trying to do. So right out of the gate, Mr. Cam Newton. Now, there are some people that really, really like Cam Newton. There's a lot of things to like about Cam Newton, but the fact of the matter is... At least insofar as pro football focus is concerned, I really think it's kind of hard to argue, although some people would anyways, he's not a great quarterback. Even looking at his run grade, it's not very good. Cam Newton was considered a top-tier, very good, borderline elite quarterback in 2015. That was as good as it got. In fact, he got better every single year from his rookie year. He was average. He was good. He was good. He was good. He was very good in 2015. Since then, he's been average for basically three straight years. 2018, he kind of ascended back up to the bottom level of good somewhere between his rookie and his second year. But, I mean, there's been a stark drop-off, and it just hasn't been the same. Now, maybe that's not Cam. I don't think they've done him a lot of favors in terms of, you know, his run game up until this year. I don't think they've done a lot of favors. I've never liked any of their wide receivers that they've had with the exception maybe of Kelvin Benjamin. But, I mean, the fact is what it is. He's a pretty dangerous dude. If he takes off, he can he can gain a lot. Very physical, strong arm. There's a lot of things he can do, but I just want to keep this in focus and in perspective. Cam Newton, in the grand scheme of drop back, throw the ball, accurate, big play, all that stuff, perspective, eh, just kind of eh. I think he ends up being more of a frustrating quarterback than anything. He's one of those guys that finds a way to make a play. If it's not there, he takes off and gets eight. And then he can, like, dive for five yards because for some he just does that better than anybody. Or he's about to get popped and he somehow just contorts his body so that everybody misses and his body slides for five yards. It's like, how did you do that? But otherwise, I don't, I don't think he's all that great. Uh, looking at the wide receiver situation, I mentioned Torrey Smith, and I, I do, as I'm looking at this now, especially uh, think he's gone. He's currently the fifth best wide receiver they have. Again, he's 30 years old. You shave $5 million off, zero dead cap. I think he's gone. Um, looking at the guys that they do have, though, their number one wide receiver for them, although not the greatest in the universe, uh, we're talking outside of the top 32, so just outside of where you want your number one to be. But the fact of the matter is DJ Moore, their number one wide receiver, is a rookie this year, which is a great sign. They they finally took this seriously. They said, we got to get this guy. I shouldn't say they finally. They, they've taken shots, like, you know, Calvin Benjamin. 
But um, in, in your first year, to be the number one is hard enough as it is. You're learning a new system, and uh, you rise above everybody else. And he had a good year. Uh, his snap counts progressed through the year. I mean, he's, he's starting the year. He's getting, you know, 15-ish, 20-ish. Midway, he's getting 40s and 50s. Then you got, you know, week 17, He's he's got 87 total snaps. So um, definitely going to be the top guy next year. He's going to be the one the uh, the Packers are going to be looking to take away for sure. He's only 5'11", but he is a boundary guy. It's going to be one of those things, you know, based on what we saw in 2018, it's probably going to be Jair matched up against uh, against DJ Moore. They really liked using Jair on the outside. Again, I would prefer him to go inside where I think he's a better fit and also allow guys like Josh Jackson to play outside where he's better as opposed to trying to put Josh Jackson in a slot where he's not very good. But whatever. Uh, their number two wide receiver, Curtis Samuel, almost almost identical grade to DJ Moore. Um, okay, so basically you've got two guys that are pretty good. I'm trying to think of like a comp that, that I, maybe like Blake and Jake, right? They're, they're not, they're not all stars. They're not superstars. They're both just good. And maybe that's a bad comparison because a lot of people don't like Jake Ryan, but they're, they're just, they're just good. Good, not great. Now the, the couple different things here. First of all, Curtis Samuel is in his second year and he took a pretty big leap. If we assume DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel say the same, it's kind of like a, eh, you know, not great, but whatever. I think the Packers could handle this. It's not the end of the world. Well, something's going on in Houston. Public service announcement. Sorry, I got an update on my phone. But the, the problem with that is that we're not really accounting for their growth. So when you have a rookie that's doing that well and you have a second-year guy who took a big leap, it's kind of something to keep an eye on as the season goes on. How are these guys progressing? Is DJ Moore getting even better? Is he having a second-year jump? Is Curtis Samuel going from, you know, a jump from his first year to his second year and then another jump from his second to his third? If not, or if there's any regression, I'm really not too worried. Again, we've got a mediocre quarterback with mediocre wide receivers. I think if if our, if our, if this, if the Green Bay Packers are any good, like if, if we're legitimately, I'm not, I mean, it doesn't have to be elite. I'm just talking about all these nonsense problems that we had last year with McCarthy or whatever. If the offense does look better and it is potent and our defense is somewhat palatable, the offense I've described up to this point, describing quarterback and wide receiver, is nothing to be afraid of. The big question, though, is going to be to monitor this team and see where they're at. Additionally, we have Devin Funches. Now, Devin Funches is physically, he's got some stuff going for him. He's one of those guys that you don't really worry about too much, or at least I don't. I've never cared for him, as I've said. But he can definitely hurt you in certain ways. Pretty big dude. 6'4", 236 is no joke. But, um... I think with that, though, Devin Funches, we kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get a, a pretty mediocre guy. Jarius Wright, same exact thing, pretty mediocre. So the, so it's similar to the Packers, but in a different way. They don't have a Devontae Adams. Hopefully we can get a number two. They basically have two number twos and a number three is what they have. If I was to try to lay this out in that way. Um, but, but moving on from there, clearly one of the most potent people, and he was somebody I really did like in the draft. I thought it was a terrible fit for Carolina. But they're running back Christian McCaffrey. He is a good running back. He, he His shiftiness was one of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen. His ability to change direction as though it was just like, it's almost like in an arcade, you know, where you just like change the direction and they just start going in that direction. There's no like hesitation. There's no like, you know, taking steps to slow down and get moving. No, he just goes. Now, I didn't understand it for Carolina because they always had these bowling balls that just plowed their way ahead, but seemingly they found a way to make it work. And even worse, 
90, basically, elite is his receiving grade. So he's not a blocker, but he is a very good runner. He is an elite receiving back. Now, as I said, the depth is a, is a, is a pretty serious issue, and I'm, I'm not predicting anything, obviously, but if anything were to happen to Christian McCaffrey, I think the offense is beyond crippled. I think at this point, Christian McCaffrey is the focal point of this offense. If I had to take a guess who they're bringing back, probably Cameron Artis Payne. He had a pretty good year last year, and seemingly he's been getting better. His first two years, he was horrible. 2017, he was mediocre. 2018, pretty small sample size because he was hurt, but it was definitely his best performance. We'll see what happens. Maybe the injury casts him in a bad light, but they got to re-sign somebody. Fozzie Whitaker has never been any good. I mean, none of these guys really, outside of Cameron Artis Payne, have really shown much of anything. But um, similar to the Packers, I guess depth is a bit of an issue. But Christian McCaffrey is a talented guy. So, so again, putting it all together, I think an intelligent offensive coordinator can make this work. You've got a, a quarterback that can make the throws. You've got a quarterback that can take off and run. You've got wide receivers that aren't horrible that can execute if you kind of put them in the right spots. And then you've got your focal point, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Overall, he was graded as the eighth best running back in the NFL. One thing they can't really count on quite as much anymore is tight end because Greg Olson has beyond lost a step. I mean, he was, it wasn't that long ago he was one of the best. I mean, from 2012 to 2016, he was about as good as it got. But uh, starting in 2017, big drop off, no recovery whatsoever in 2018. He just isn't what he was. Now, granted, he did spend a little bit of time on IR, but that, 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 isn't contributing to why he didn't play well. He didn't play well because he didn't play well. And going on IR doesn't bode well for him playing even better in 2019. They don't have a whole lot going on. They did draft Ian Thomas. He had a pretty terrible year this year. Maybe he makes a jump. But again, recapping, mediocre quarterback, mediocre wide receivers, really talented running back, no tight ends. It's just kind of, eh. Again, a serviceable defense. If we've got... If we can get our guys to step up, if Jair can continue to play well, if we can get just just give me one cornerback that can be a, a good number two, let me see Bashaw just play a, a solid 16-game season. Let me see Kevin King stay healthy and be productive. Let me see Josh Jackson take a big leap. Give me one of these guys to just compete at the level Jair can compete. Give me some production at outside linebacker. Let's draft a stud. Let's sign a stud. Let's let's develop a guy. Let's get Nick Perry back to what he was if we're going to keep him. Let's see what Mike Smith can do. Let's get some pressure. Let's get these defensive tackles going. If, if, if we can get anything going whatsoever on defense, this should not be a problem. We've talked about the offensive line. In terms of talent, they're, they're just not that good. Khalil's going to be gone. He was, he was one of the better players. He's not even that good, but he's one of the better ones. Matt Khalil was good in his day, but he's been pretty bad the last few years. In fact, he didn't play at all in 2018. He played in 2017, was mediocre. 2016 was terrible, and he was just kind of mediocre to to good before that. So their left tackle, Matt Khalil, if that's even their left tackle going into the season, I don't know that for sure. Could be Chris Clark. I don't know. Either way, neither of those guys are any good. Greg Van Rotten, left guard, terrible. Ryan Khalil is going to retire. Trey Turner or Tyler Larson, whichever of those guards end up being right guard, they're not good. Right tackle tackle Taylor Moten is all they have. So they need offensive line really bad. Running back is a need, but maybe in the later rounds. Offensive line up to this point, one of the biggest needs. But we haven't even gotten to defense yet. And understand, this isn't saying if they don't sign anybody, it's no good. I'm saying regardless of who they sign or don't, the only guy with any talent... 
anywhere along this offensive line. Hurt, not hurt, free agent, otherwise, is Taylor Moten. It's not good, man. Now, flipping over to defense is where they're going to have a little bit more talent. Again, however, and we'll get into specifics, if the Packers' offense is back to being potent, if Aaron Rodgers is back to being Rodgers and Devontae is still Devontae and our offense can look even anything resembling, you know, the, the whatever, the Bears, the Chiefs, the Rams, the 49ers, the, the, the Titans, for crying out loud, if it can even do anything resembling what those, not not as far as production, but in terms of just being multiple, right? The, the Titans can't make it work because their quarterback was beat up and not very good to begin with, and their, their tight end was gone, and their wide receivers aren't any good, and there's just nothing to work with. If this offense can be or do anything, we should be okay. But let's get into specifics. So as far as defensive tackle, they've got some talent. Don Terry Poe, He's been around a while. He had a decent year. Kawan Short is is the guy. He's the guy on this team. He's been around a little bit of a while, but he's, I don't want to say as good as they come, but he, he's one of the top-tier guys in the NFL. Now, he's primarily a run defender, meaning they we're not going to get much as far as pass rush, and in fact, they don't have a defensive tackle that's very good as far as pass rush. So that's something that's going to be interesting going forward as we talk about pass rushers, because they don't have much of that either. So the question is going to be, where does the pass rush come from? I don't want to game plan for the Panthers this early on, but I mean, it's not too hard to figure this out. You don't have an offensive line. You don't have wide receivers. Your quarterback is mediocre. You don't have a tight end. You don't have a pass rush. What do do you got, man, other than holes and no money to patch them? If, If you could buy teams like stock, I ain't buying any of this stock. I'm selling on the Carolina Panthers. But anyways, Kawan Short is pretty good. Kyle Love, another tackle, had a great year. I don't buy it because he's been terrible for about six, seven years. He's 30 years old. He's a free agent. I don't even know if they're going to retain him. But you got a guy who's at the absolute end of his career who put on a show in a contract year to hopefully squeak out another contract. I don't think we're going to see that from Kyle Love again. So basically, they've got Kawan Short. They've got 31-year-old Kyle Love. They've got Don Terry Poe, who's okay. Vernon Butler, who's not very good. So they got one guy who's really good as a run stopper. Okay, got it. Well, let's move to the outside. Julius Peppers, as I said, he's got to be gone, right? Even if he's not, it doesn't matter because he's not very good anyways. But he's got to be kind of gone, right? That leaves Mario Addison, who's a guy that I said maybe they could let him go to save some money. But there's no way. If you don't have Julius Peppers, you have nothing else. Wes Horton, not only is he a free agent, he's terrible. Brian Cox, who? Exactly. F.A. Obata, no idea. He's no good. Marquise Haynes, terrible. They have nobody. Nobody. They have Mario Addison, and he's not very good. Along this entire defensive front, they basically have Kawan Short and nothing. And Kawan Short is not a good pass rusher. Moving back now to linebacker, everybody knows about Luke Keekley. It really doesn't get much better than Luke Keekley, and no, he's not getting any worse. He's a very, 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 very talented guy. Now, he's not an elite pass rusher, but as far as run defense and coverage, he's solid. Now, the good thing about that is, as, as of now, as I've laid out, there's not much that they can really do. They have plenty of time to throw, Packers, that is. And unless Luke Keekley is going to play cornerback and cover Devontae Adams, I'm not really sure what, what the goal is here. But they do have some good guys. They got Luke Keekley, who's pretty good. Thomas Davis, who's decent, although he's a free agent. But let's say that they sign him. And then they got Shaq Thompson, who, oh, wait, he's gone. <laughs> you see the problem. 
Thomas Davis is a free agent. Maybe they could sign him. They'll probably sign him. It's going to eat up a lot of their money. But then you got Shaq Thompson, who's their number three, and the only guy, the only other linebacker with any talent whatsoever who is on sort of the run-stopping side as opposed to Thomas Davis, who's more of the coverage guy, and then Luke Keekley who does both. But Shaq Thompson is gone, man. He's gone. $9 million? No chance. One of these other guys has to step up, and they got a lot. Ben Jacobs, David Mayo, Brandon Chubb, Jared Norris, Jermaine Carter, Andre Smith, Antoine Williams, Jonathan Celestin. None of them are any good, but somebody's got to step up. So they got Luke Keekley and they got Kawan Short. Kawan Short. I don't know how you say his name. I've been saying Kawan, and there's a voice in the back of my head going, It's Kawan! Because I feel like I've heard that, but it doesn't seem right. So it'll be what I decide in the moment. Or maybe I just won't reference him anymore. From there, we got their defensive backs. I mentioned Captain Munnerlin. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's just a sad situation, really. Because on one hand, you'd like to be able to let him go. On the other hand, they just don't have anybody. James Bradbury, Dante Jackson, Captain Munnerlin is all they have. Not one of these guys is really any good. All three of them are graded out as average. And the really crazy thing is, Dante Jackson and James Bradbury, the, the two things that they do, the, the thing that they do really well, pass rush. So maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. But this is another situation, too, where you start to look at wide receiver and you say, okay, if, if all we have is Devontae, this is where it becomes a problem because it doesn't give you a lot of options. But if you have Devontae, and let's say we draft a guy, and then you have EQ, and then you have Marquez, and then you have Jamon, and then you have Kumaro, and then you have, you know, a tight end that maybe we drafted, or you have... Um, Mercedes Lewis or Lance Kendricks or Jimmy Graham and and suddenly these guys are actually weapons as opposed to just being there to do whatever I know you can only have so many on the field at a time but I'm just saying if the talent increases this becomes exponentially more problematic for the Carolina Panthers if it's just Devontae we can make it work if it's Devontae and DK Metcalf and Equinemius St. Brown in the slot and Jimmy Graham the Panthers, there's just it's just pick your poison, man. That's all it is. And they got to drop Keekly in coverage, or they're just going to get picked apart. And if they do that, they've only got one guy that can stop the run. And guess what? we got Aaron Jones that's going to pick you apart. This is where depth comes into play. This is where having a wide receiver two helps. This is where having a talented tight end that can, that can actually catch footballs really helps. This is where having a talented slot receiver really helps. I'm not talking elite. I'm just talking good. Because you get up against a team that has three mediocre cornerbacks against three good wide receivers. Not elite, so one elite, two good. We just eat the Carolina Panthers lunch, man. And we smile right in his face when we do it. And there's nothing they can do about it. Which leads us to safety. Which is another issue because Mike Adams, Eric Jones, Colin Jones... Sorry, Mike Adams, Eric Reed, Colin Jones... All free agents. Now, again, yeah, sign one, sign two, whatever. But we're on a pretty tight budget here. Eric Reed's been around for quite a while. And this is kind of a... And the Packers have these tough decisions, too, where on one hand, you go, he's not good enough to justify another contract. On the other hand, you say, if we say that about everybody, we just don't have a squad. If you don't pay attention to the depth, Eric Reed at free safety goes bye-bye. However, if he goes bye-bye, we don't have a free safety. Mike Adams is terrible. You got to let him go. Colin Jones has strong safety. Exact same situation. The guy's kind of terrible. 
But what are you going to do? I don't know what to do. You've got other guys waiting in the wings. Maybe you let some of these guys go and you let Rashawn Golden, Denora Searcy step up. Maybe. But neither of those guys are any good either. They're, they're mediocre. So I, I guess in, in summation, when we look at the green... And, and another cool thing about doing this is we look so introspectively. We, we dig so deep into the Green Bay Packers. You, you can really see the pores and the blemishes on somebody's face when you really zoom in. And I think we sit back and we, we look at all those blemishes and then we just think Carolina Panthers without an, without analyzing it. And we go, yeah, we'll probably get beat by the Panthers, man. I mean, it's the Panthers. They got that really good defense. They got Cam Newton. They've got, you know, this and that. If I'm, if I'm buying in on a team, it's probably the Packers, unless I just don't think they're going to get any better. In which case, I mean, I'd bet on just about anybody but the Packers. <laughs> you saw the Cardinals game, right? Not to open wounds or anything. But this this is a team that doesn't seem to have the trajectory because it's not a team that's cast off this old its old skin. It's not a team looking to be reborn with a young, innovative head coach. It's not a team with Aaron Rodgers. It's not a team with Devontae Adams. It's not a team with, with a good amount of cap space. It's not a team with a ridiculous amount of draft picks. It's not a team with a GM that says we're going to be aggressive to try to make a serious push. It's not the Panthers. The Panthers are floundering. That's just the reality. But but here's the thing. It's there for the taking. I'm not predicting a win. I'm just saying we should win. I'm saying we, we should be better. I'm saying our offense should be good enough to beat this defense. Our defense should be good enough to at least slow their offense, not stop them, not shut them out. I'm saying we should grow more with the players we have. We should grow more through the draft than they do. We should grow more through free agency than they do. We should grow more schematically than they do. For for every reason, this should be a win. Should be. But that all depends, again, comes down to two teams. There's the Panthers that want to win, and there's the Packers that's going to win, and it's just that want to win, and it's just a matter of who's going to do it. So, anyways, that's about that. Panthers are not in a, a great state at the moment. And, um, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, tentatively at this point, and, again, we'll analyze it as, as time goes on. We'll address it when free agency occurs and see who they lose and who they keep, reassess their lineup. But as of right now, I'm, I'm yeah, we, we should win this game. They have way more problems and way less ability to fix them than we do. Anyways, folks, I'm tired. It's almost 7.30, so I'm... <laughs> It is past my bedtime. Not really, but it's uh, it's pretty close. Anyways, you folks, enjoy your day. I will uh, talk to you tomorrow when we'll do probably another team because I don't have nearly enough time to come up with a new new thing other than this. So uh, let's see. What are we, Broncos probably? Makes sense. They got the, the Fangio thing going on over there, so that'll be something interesting to talk about. So we'll plan on Broncos tomorrow. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic night. Enjoy your Monday what's left of it. I'll talk to you tomorrow, which is Tuesday, which is not only the worst day of the week, but it's going to be 70,000 degrees below zero, and I will not survive. Have a good night. Bye-bye.